trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. Oh, can't turn around. We've come this far by faith. We're being led. We're being led here by Otis. Otis Bird in singing this song, and we invite you to sing where you are. You have to stay muted, unfortunately, but we can sing this song together. We've come this far by faith. Let's turn on our cameras and sing together. Michael Gittins here on the piano, and he's leading us as well. Unfortunately, we can't hear each other when we sing. I love it that I can see your faces and that you're singing along. But we can see if we were to clap together. Now, we're pretty judgmental of each other as Presbyterians when we clap in church. But nobody can hear your clapping, but we can see your clapping. So let's clap with Otis as we sing and clap together. We've come this far by faith. Oh, we've come this far. Welcome. Welcome to Reunion 2021. Nearly 700 of you are gathered from many countries around the globe. We have alumni from the class of 1946 
to the class of 2021 with us today, and we are so glad you're here. I want to offer special thanks to our IT help desk, our digital media team, our chapel office, and the many others who are ensuring this event runs smoothly. I also want to thank our preacher, President Barnes, for proclaiming God's word today. Friends, over the next three days, we hope you will be fed. We hope you will connect with former classmates and make new friends. Above all, we hope you hear this message. You are not alone. You are part of a Princeton Seminary family of 11,000 living alumni around the globe. We are so glad that you chose to be with us and we wish you were with us in Miller Chapel today, but we are glad you chose to be with us still. Friends, welcome home. We're glad you're here. Beloved, welcome back to chapel. We are very glad that you are with us today. I am Jan Ammon, and I have the privilege of serving this community as minister of the chapel. And our wonderful chapel office team, Martin Tell, Melissa Haupt, Michael Gittens, join me in welcoming you today. We are so glad you are here. We've had the privilege of working with Ann Henley on her team on creating these services of worship. We're so grateful for President Barnes being here, and we are also delighted to have following the following Alumni Association Executive Council members who will participate with us in this service on Zoom. We welcome back Sheena Roll, Ricardo Shepard, and Mihi Kim Court. Otis Bird, who's one of our current students, just shared his uh, wonderful singing with us and blessed us richly. Uh, we are grateful that soon some of our alumni and friends will join us in singing of Spirit of the Living God. But I just wanted to say a word about some of the hymns and anthems that we are going to be using for our reunion services. They will be led by Martin, Michael, Melissa, and our wonderful seminary choir. Um, there's a couple of anthems when we welcome back alumni who have joined our choir. You see, like so many of you, last this past year, our chapel services were held online. We streamed them from the chapel. Not being able to sing in person, we created a virtual choir, and we want to share some of that music with you during reunion. Melissa in our office has done an extraordinary job of creating these choral pieces, and we're glad to share them with you. Um, the next anthem that we're going to offer to gather us to worship is some, an anthem that's very special to the community here, and it's being led by a choir of our, of our alumni. So again, beloved, welcome. We're very glad that you are with us today.
Beloved, when we do not know how to pray, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit intercedes for us. God searches our hearts with an abundance of love and grace. Let us pray. O Holy One, we confess that we come to you this day feeling the weariness of a wounded world. We feel fatigue from our online lives. We isolate more and reach out less. We confess that it's hard to hold on to hope. Oh, tender God, forgive us for yielding to all that weighs us down, all that dims your light, all that keeps us from bearing your light to a world in need. Amen. We offer this assurance. Beloved, who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. Christ bore our sins on the cross so that we may be alive to all that is good. What an amazing love. What amazing love.
A reading from Joshua, the sixth chapter, verses one through five. Now Jericho was shut up inside and out because of the Israelites. No one came out and no one went in. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have handed Jericho over to you, along with his kings and soldiers. You shall march around the city, all the warriors circling the city once. Thus you shall do for six days, with seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, the priests blowing their trumpets. When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and all the people shall charge straight ahead. The word of the Lord. Oh, 
In ministry, it feels like we spend a lot of time walking in circles, wondering if we're making any progress. But that all depends on your goal. If your goal is to be a shepherd, I guarantee you won't be moving in a straight line. Let us pray. We pray, O God, that your spirit would reach across the states and the nations, bind us together by your holy word. Transform us, that we might become closer, drawn to the very image of the word made flesh. We ask it in his name. Amen. After 40 years of journeying on the hard road through the desert wilderness, the Hebrews finally crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land. There they saw the ancient fortified cities. And the Canaanites, who weren't interested in welcoming these Hebrew immigrants. So it was clear that they were going to have to struggle to find their place there. Now, parenthetically, I'll let you know that I've always struggled myself in preaching from Joshua and Judges because of all of the imagery of battles and warfare. But this is part of our canon. And perhaps it can suggest something to us as a metaphor. If nothing else, it proclaims That just because you finally made it to the promised land, that doesn't mean that things are going to start get easy. The difference in the promised land and the hard road in the desert is that the promised land is where you are supposed to stay and settle in and be of service. But that doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk. 
Yes, God may have called you to leadership and brought you to the right place, but there are still going to be struggles. You will struggle with those who will resist change because they are terrified of loss. You will struggle with those who just want to change you. Those who opposed you before you even crossed the Jordan and arrived at your place of service. You will struggle with those who are inundated by a consumerist culture that has taught them just to demand to get what they want. So the fact that leadership is difficult and filled with struggle does not mean that you are in the wrong place. Very often, the right place is a place of conflict. When pastors tell me that there's absolutely no conflict in their churches, I assume that means there's also no leadership. Remember, most of the conflict that Jesus got into was conflict that he started. The first battle the Hebrews faced in the Promised Land was at Jericho, a heavily fortified city with enormous walls. The text tells us that no one came out and no one went in, as if that's not a metaphor for the mainline church today. As the Hebrews were trying to figure out what they were going to do about this fortress, the Lord gave the plan to Joshua. Joshua, this is what you'll do. You, you'll take all of your warriors and you're going to march them in a circle around the city of Jericho once a day for six days. You're going to put seven priests at the front. They're each going to have a horn. On the seventh day, the priest will lead the warriors all around the city seven times. Then they're going to blow those trumpets as loudly as they can. The warriors will shout their heads off. The walls will come tumbling down. and You guys can just walk on into town. Now, does this sound like a God plan or what? For 40 years, the Hebrews have been preparing for this moment. Perhaps on the other side of the Jordan, they were even engaged in, in exercises and, and, and training, preparing to do battle in the land. And when the big day comes, what does Joshua tell them to do but to spend a week walking around in circles? Can you imagine the chatter that was going on among the Hebrews? I can tell you what some of it was. Some of it was saying, I don't think this Joshua is going to work out. Pastor Moses would never have come up with a plan like this. Even Joshua had to be so confused about this plan of God's as they just kept walking in circles day after day. But you probably know that feeling too, don't you? You believe that God called you to a great mission. 
You got committed to this mission. You prepared yourself for it. You were trained. You were experienced. You were excited. And you begin expecting to charge ahead. But most days it doesn't really feel like that's what's happening, does it? After over 30 years of pastoral ministry, do you know what my most vivid memory is? Deja vu. In all three of the churches I served, I just kept having the same conversations about things that are really not that important. Things like, how do we stop the youth group from eating pizza in the parlor that the women decorated? Things like, how are we gonna get more Sunday school teachers? Pastor, if you don't recruit more Sunday school teachers, we're shutting down this Sunday school program. You need to tell them that. Yeah, threats, that always works. Why doesn't anybody put gas in the church van? If we have a special offering, will it detract from the general offering? And only that, I have encountered the exact same people in all three churches. They have different names, different faces, but it's the same person who just keeps showing up. To my surprise and dismay, I would say, what are you doing here? I left you. I left because of you. But you're never getting rid of that person. And at the end of long days, when you don't feel like you've made any progress at all, you wonder if you're in the right place. Could this really be the promised land? There has never been a year when most of us have felt routine and sameness like we have this year. Many of us have been trapped in our homes trying to get work done where every day feels like Groundhog Day. It's just the same day over and over and over and over again. Pastors have become accustomed to live streaming their worship services from vacant sanctuaries. We've learned how to lead board meetings and committee meetings and even communion online, which is only virtually satisfying. And Zoom does not make people kinder. In fact, our discourse has become more ragged and conflicted because long ago, all the filters wore off of us. And those of us who are committed to social justice had caused this year to wonder if we're making any real progress. So much violence against people of color. Racism abounds. And we wonder if the cause of social justice is moving ahead at all. Or are we just walking in circles? But the next morning, we get up and we resolve to fulfill our calling another day. That calling, which according to the Apostle Paul, is to do what we know is right, to do whatever is true and honorable and just. 
whatever is pure and pleasing and commendable. And we'll do it again and we'll do it again in an act of faithfulness. Let us clearly remember that our calling was not to walk, knock down the walls of Jericho. That's God's job. We don't get to knock down the walls. Our calling is to just keep faithfully following the Lord even when we can't see the progress. You know, even Jesus had ordinary days. I checked with one of our New Testament professors. If we add up all of the days that are uh, described in the four Gospels, we can only account for just a little less than a year of Jesus' three-year ministry. What that means is that at the end of two out of three days, Jesus looked at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and said, don't even write this one down. It's just an ordinary day. Imagine if you got to spend one day with Jesus and these disciples, and you were so excited about your day's trip with Jesus and the disciples, only to discover that you picked laundry day. You would think, oh, I wanted to see Jesus heal a blind guy or maybe cast out a demon, that would be cool. No, you got laundry day. And then it occurred to you that you're gonna do laundry with Jesus, which is pretty extraordinary. Which of course is exactly what you get to do. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is a present and sanctifying part of everything that we would dare call ordinary. He is bringing holiness into every circling detail of our lives. You know, just before our text today, an angel of the Lord came to Joshua and said to him, you are on holy ground. That's the secret, I think, to making it through all of the circling. Jericho was already on holy ground because it belonged to God. So does your church, so does your school, so does your workplace at home, so does your minivan or wherever else you go about your routines. It's already holy because it belongs to God. You're not gonna make it more holy by working harder or by your, your little victories along the way, which are always fleeting. No, it's already holy because it belongs to God. In time, the walls will come down, and then you're free to charge ahead. But according to this text, first, God wants to see your faithfulness in the ordinary and in the routine. And the only way you're gonna do that is to see the holy. That's what gives you the joy, the gratitude, and the hope. Then, 
all these circling routines become a liturgy of faithfulness. Let us pray. Open our eyes, O oh God, to see that you are with us, and that wherever you are found, the ground is already holy, and we are fulfilling our holy calling. Amen. In just a bit, Mihi Court will lead us in prayer. But I invite you to sing the refrain with me that Otis was singing earlier. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. And uh, we can't hear each other, but we can see each other. So I invite you to go into grid view or gallery view and uh, turn on your cameras and to make these gestures. We've come this far by faith something we can grab onto, and then lean into your hands, leaning on the Lord. So it'll go something like this. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Let's do that one more time, and we'll go right into our prayer. Let us pray. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Holy and gracious God, our companion and guide, who accompanies us through valleys and wildernesses, who leads us by fire, by cloud, and sometimes a small whisper, who shows us how to live and love even in the midst of uncertain days. In a time when we are beginning to see glimpses of change in the landscape, of another side, the other side, we still feel burdened by a season of loss and lack, the remnants of which that will remain with us, stretching into a horizon always just beyond our fingertips. We can't help but ask what is the meaning of this path when death has become a regular part of our days, and not only because of COVID, but how we are able to see the ways in which simply living is a struggle for so many around us. How do we continue on this way, taking the same beaten path only to see and feel the same walls at our fingertips? How do we continue on this way as each step seems to take us further and further away from the promise of salvation and into the continuous drumming of another killing, another attack, another disappearance, another separation, another loss? How do we keep going? And so we sing... We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Faithful and loving God, we are tired. Our hands and feet calloused, bone weary, beyond words, hearts heavy from a year of incalculable loss 
of lives and livelihoods, of dreams and possibilities, of connection. We're prone to cynicism, exhausted by the ordinary and mundane, and so our words have become hard, weapons of destruction towards others, towards ourselves. And yet we cling to the sliver of knowledge and belief in ways that are beyond logic and language, in ways that are sometimes even beyond feeling. We cling to what it means to listen, what it means to look around, what it means to put one foot in front of the other, to see that we are on holy ground, to see the slow transformation happening in us and around us, to see that you call us to much more in this life, even in what seems small and insignificant. Oh God, make us soft, keep us tender, help us to keep going. Sing with me, we've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord. Lord of light and life, we are your people. Even as we carry doubts and fears, still strangely and miraculously full of hope and gratitude. And so we take this time now to voice the things that are on our hearts. For the students, faculty, and staff on the seminary campus. For all those who serve your church near and far. For people who are hungry in our own communities. For those who are sick and in need of healing. For our frontline workers. for our loved ones who don't believe you love them unconditionally, for the leaders of our state and nation, for the needs in our world. God of grace, God of all our seasons and paths, hear our prayers that we have lifted up to you, prayers for your people, for your world, and even for ourselves. God, help us to fulfill them, working according to your purpose in peace, justice, and mercy in all we do. Through Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. And so we sing, we've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord.
Friends, before President Barnes offers our benediction, I want to thank you again for joining us. And I want to invite you to take a very brief break after worship before joining us for Reverend Dr. Young Suk Lee's Distinguished Alumni Presentation, followed immediately by seminary updates with President Barnes. Thank you again for being here. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. <laughs>